chapter 4, verse 21. We're coming in right at the end of uh, Paul the Apostle's life on earth. And um, he's sending a letter to his son in the faith, Timothy. 2 Timothy 4, 21. And it's not a very long verse, but there's a haunting little phrase in this verse that I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to call this message, Come Before Winter. Come Before Winter. Now, he's writing to Timothy, who he led to Christ, and he says, Do your utmost to come before winter. And then he just sends some greetings. Eubulus greets you, as well as Putin's and Linus and Claudia and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. And with that amen, Paul the Apostle was gone. He would never write again. Soon they would take his head off of his body. And he was martyred for the Lord. So that amen is the final amen from probably the greatest writer in the history of the world because of the profound things he wrote. But come before winter. Father, I thank you for your word today, and I pray, bless it to our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. We need a word from God in season. We need to hear from you, Lord. I pray you'll speak directly into hearts, directly into spirits, directly to where we live today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to share this today because I believe we're in a season of opportunity. We're in a season of opportunity. We're being set up. How many of you have ever been in a divine setup where you really felt like God was setting you up for a grand opportunity? All right? Now, let me just give you a little little, uh, backdrop to this verse. Paul was in prison in Rome. That's where he was. He knew that he was going to be martyred soon because he wrote these words, the time of my departure is at hand. The time of my leaving this planet is just about arrived. I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. So he's appealing to Timothy, who he had ministered with and to for years and years, led him to the faith. And there, there is a pathos in these words, come before winter. And when I read that phrase, it just jumped out at me and it began to speak to me because there's something in this that we need to hear. Do your utmost, Timothy, to come before winter. Now, that's because traveling in the natural is harder in the wintertime. And what Paul is saying is, you better get here before winter because by winter, it may be too late. The door may be shut. Opportunity may be lost. I don't know how much longer I've got on this planet, Timothy. And so I'm asking you to make haste and come before winter. What I hear in this is come while you can. Do it today because you may not be able, Timothy, to do it tomorrow. 
Now, I think that Paul, sitting there in Rome, in prison, I think he is an example of what I would just call an opportunity. Paul is sort of a metaphor for an opportunity. And how many of you have ever heard an opportunity say to you, move now, come before winter, take advantage of me while I'm here, act now. Paul is a picture of opportunity saying, come now while you can, while the coming is good. Take advantage of the opportunity now. Move while you can. Don't put opportunity off. Today's open door could easily become tomorrow's shut door. I want to talk to you today about opportunity. We have got to learn that the Bible says that God moves in seasons, and those seasons are opportunities. There is a time for every purpose under the heavens. That means every one of God's purposes presents itself to us as an opportunity. And when that opportunity comes, we can either seize the season, seize the opportunity, or lose it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I read a story, it's so powerful, waiting to be interviewed for a job as a wireless operator a group of applicants paid little attention to the sound of the dots and dashes which began coming over a loudspeaker. Suddenly, one of them rushed into the employer's office. Soon, he returned smiling, saying, I got the job. How did you get ahead of us? The other applicants asked. He responded, you might, have been, uh, you might have been considered if you hadn't been so busy talking that you didn't hear the manager's coded message. It said, as it came over the loudspeaker, in code, the man I need must always be on the alert. The first one who interprets this and comes directly into my private office will be hired. The man who was not talking and gabbing and distracted but listening got the job. He interpreted what was being said. And the lesson is clear. Too many Christians are not really tuned in. I'm going to say that again. Too many Christians are not really tuned in. So they don't hear God's directives and they miss the opportunities he sends their way. I believe that God is sending opportunity to you and me all the time. I believe opportunities come our way all the time. And I think about half the time or even worse than that, we catch them and, sometimes, and half the time we do not. Opportunity is a gift from God. Opportunity is when the right time to do something arrives. That's what opportunity is. It is when the right time to do something arrives. Come before winter. Timothy, you can come now. You can travel now. You can visit me now. But Timothy, if you wait, if you tarry, if you put it off, you may arrive in Rome a week too late, a month too late, even a day too late. And you may come knocking and you may look, come searching for me. And Timothy, I may already be gone because I'm telling you, you need to travel. You need to make your step. You need to act before winter, before the opportunity is gone. Even though there may be adversaries, the door of opportunity, when it comes from God, remains open. Paul wrote, there is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. I love that. I've got a wide open door from the one who opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens. 
I've got an opportunity. There may be adversaries, but I've got an opportunity. The door is open, and though I'm being fought and resisted, I've got the opportunity. And so I'm going to take it, adversaries or not. You know that opportunity has arrived when circumstances join hands with desire to bring a purpose to pass. Now I'm going to say that again. You know that opportunity has arrived when circumstances out here join hands with desire in here to bring a purpose to pass. I've learned that you can have a desire but no opportunity. Paul said we should seize every opportunity because the night comes when no one can work. The night comes when no one can work. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. And did you know that I, as I read the Bible, I see that Paul often expressed frustration that he had a desire, but there was no opportunity to fulfill that desire. The opportunity hadn't come. He wrote to the church at Rome, and he said these things. He said, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity. God willing to come at last to see you. For I long, do you hear it? I long, I've got a desire, I've got a yearning, I want to visit you. He said, I've got a spiritual anointing to impart a spiritual gift to you. And I'm longing and I'm yearning to come to you, Christians at Rome. I want the opportunity, but it hasn't arrived yet. Circumstances have not joined hands with desire to give me the opportunity. And that's why opportunity is precious, everybody. Because when you've got a desire in your heart that God gave you, and suddenly the circumstances line up and the door opens up. Oh, we've got to learn to jump. We've got to learn to stand up and grab that opportunity. We've got to be instant and seasoned and ready to take it. Is anybody hearing me today? I'm telling you, God is a God of opportunity. And it's a precious, sweet, special moment when that desire you've got in your heart is matched with outer circumstances and the opportunity arrives for you to act on it. At the end of Romans, he wrote these words. I have so frequently been hindered from coming to visit you. I'm frustrated. I want the opportunity. I'm praying for the opportunity. I'm preaching on this today, and I'm ministering on this because I believe many of you have opportunities from God. God is knocking on the door of your life somewhere at some area in your existence, and he's saying, I'm giving you an opportunity. And I'm preaching it also because I believe our church is standing at the open door of a great opportunity, and I want us to be ready. Oh, we're going to rise up, and we're going to seize the season. We're going to take hold of the opportunity by the horns. We're going to grab the opportunity, and we're going to ride that opportunity for all that it's worth. So the message of Scripture is that we should learn to recognize and seize God-given opportunities. Because opportunities like the ice cream truck in the summertime, it passes, but it doesn't stay. It's got good things in it, and it passes right by your house with the music playing, but it doesn't stay. If you don't grab it, it moves on to somebody who will. 
Opportunity is God's way of saying that the right time has come to do the right thing. That's the power of opportunity. Come before winter. Now I want to share some things about opportunity with you. Just a few high points about opportunity. First of all, I want you to say with me, there is a season for every opportunity. There is a season. You know, I believe that Christians can be asleep in the light. I believe we can be asleep in the light and God can give us an opportunity and we don't take it. We need to be aware. The Bible says be sober, be vigilant, be watchful. Not only is your adversary looking to attack you, but God is is constantly bringing opportunities our way. And we've got to learn to discern them and seize them when they come. Come before winter. Move while the moving's good. Act while you can. Here's the first thing about opportunity. There is a season for every opportunity. There is a season for every opportunity. Think with me a minute. What are you putting off that you know God has dealt with you about? What are you putting off? What is it that the Spirit of God has consistently whispered to you about? Is there anything like that in your life? Is there anything that God's been talking to you about? Anything that you've been kind of putting off or laying aside or sort of half ignoring? I've learned that God comes, that many of his opportunities come in the form of a whisper. They come delicately. They don't knock me over the head. They don't put me in a headlock. They do not punch me in the gut. They come silently before me, and I've got to be in the spirit of discernment to see them. God told me to grab that building, and I reached a point where he let me know, if you don't take that building, you're going to be disobeying me. We seize that building. In seizing that building, we have seized a harvest. I believe as a church body, you are in a a move of opportunity, and it's going to trickle down into your own life. Because we're seizing opportunity. And I believe in trickle-down spirituality. I believe in trickle-down blessing. You're in a church that is seizing opportunity, and it's going to trickle down into your life. There's opportunity all around you. And I want to encourage you to listen to the Spirit of God. You know what he's saying. Come before winter. Move before winter. Act before winter. Do it before opportunity passes you by. The Bible says work while it is day because night comes when no man can work. Just yesterday in our United States of America, they found four men who have been plotting to blow up JFK Airport. And the entire fuel line leading into Queens, New York, they wanted to bring this nation to a halt. Are you aware that in one day we could lose communications? We could lose television and radio and mass media. In one day we could be taken from a fairly good, decent lifestyle to one of trouble, that, that, that we may not have another week to be on radio like we do now. I'm not trying to be melodramatic. I'm just saying come before winter. Act while the acting is good. Act while you've got the strength. Move while you've got your brains. Move while you've got the wherewithal to do it. Act on the call of God. In the state of Ohio, there is a courthouse that stands in such a way that the raindrops, the raindrops that fall on the north side go into Lake Ontario and the Gulf of St. Lawrence and on into the Atlantic. If the rain falls on the north side of this courthouse, that water ends up in the Atlantic. 
while those that fall on the south side of the courthouse go into the Mississippi and the Gulf of Mexico. So if you land on the north side, you're in the Atlantic, on the south side in the Gulf of Mexico. Just one little puff of wind determines the destiny of a raindrop for 2,000 miles. And one decision can do that. If your decision-making falls on the side of procrastination, you can end up on the side of disillusionment. Not much is happening. You're not in the flow of God. You're wondering where God has gone. But if you seize the opportunity, if you seize the moment, if you act on what God is doing and you, you, you move on, as it were, the south side, then you end up in the river that is flowing. You end up in the move of the Holy Ghost. You end up in what God is doing today. I don't know about you. I don't want to be on the north side where nothing is happening. I want to be on the side of the will of God. I want to seize the opportunity and flow in what God is doing. Come before winter, Timothy. I want to see you one last time. This opportunity won't come again. You need to take it now or it'll never present itself even one more time. Somebody said, we are all fugitives and the things we didn't do yesterday are the bloodhounds. Procrastination is not only the thief of time, it's the burial ground of opportunity. Well, I'll do it someday. Well, someday. Well, I'll do it next week, next, next month, next year, when I've got this ready and that ready and the other ready. Never put off tomorrow what you can do today. There may be a law against it by then. One night years ago in Bristol, England, a popular evangelist preached to a large crowd. He preached on the text, you must be born again. In the audience sat a young man named Horatio Bottomley. He was brilliant, gifted, and listened with rapt attention to the message, you must be born again. At the close of the message, an invitation was given, and though deeply moved, Horatio Bottomley said to himself, this is not for me right now. I'll run my own life. I'll do it someday. He did. And he became famous as a criminal prosecutor. He made a fortune. He was known as the people's hero. He was the champion of the rights of the common man, exposing swindlers and prosecuting them. But when 63 years old, Bottomley himself was found guilty of a crime and sentenced to seven years in prison. And one day, a minister came to him in prison from the Salvation Army and shared with him how he himself had gotten saved. He said he'd been in a meeting one night in Bristol, England, where a popular evangelist had preached on the text, you must be born again. He went on to say that when the invitation had been given, he'd responded, since that night, said this preacher, Jesus has been all in all to me. Bottomly, realizing he'd been at the very same meeting, but didn't respond, said, I too heard that searching message. I felt my need for the Savior, but rejected him. Then he said these words, a life without God is a wasted life. He missed the moment. He missed God's time to make a decision. One raindrop, one decision 
falling this way or that affected the rest of his entire life. We need to respond when the opportunity arrives. Are you living for God today? I heard Billy Graham last night share the story. It was the 1980s crusade, and he was sharing with this audience that they had found a man dead in the city where he was preaching. And they didn't know who that he was. And the only way that they found out who he was was when they were going through his clothes, they found a decision card filled out at the Billy Graham crusade. And the night before, this man had given his life to Christ. He had no idea that he had 24 hours left on this planet. He got saved in the nick of time. One drop falling, one decision, and you make it towards God or away from God. You act on it or you ignore it. Opportunity. Come before winter. There are three things we all regularly deal with. You know that? Done, doing, should be doing. Done, doing, should be doing. Now, if all of these things were in a file cabinet marked done, doing, and should be doing, and you and Jesus opened up the file marked should be doing, what would be in there? What would be in there? And if we kept leafing through the pages to the very end, we would find one last note, and it would read this, whatever it is, do it before winter. Do it while the doing is good. The second thing I see about opportunities in Ephesians 5, it says, make the best use of your time. Despite all the evil of these days, don't be vague, but grasp firmly what you know to be the will of the Lord. Grasp firmly what you know to be. Boy, I love that. Grasp firmly what you know to be the will of the Lord. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You grasp firmly what you know to be the will of the Lord. Amen? Just grasp it firmly. That means you grab hold of what you know to be the will of God. You respond to that opportunity. You take advantage of it. Be an opportunist with opportunity. Grab opportunity by the throat and do what God is telling you to do. Perhaps God has been prompting you to heal a relationship, to visit a loved one, to give yourself to prayer, to spend more time in his word, to make a decision about something you've been on the fence about. It's a quiet call, a gentle nudge, but it's consistent and it won't leave you alone. Someone or something is calling to you saying, come before winter. Come before winter. Grab the opportunity. Come before winter. One morning I woke up a number of years ago, and the Holy Spirit said to me, it's time for you to make it right with your dad. Me and my father had been separated, had been estranged, had been far apart from each other for a long, long time. I'm talking about 25 years or so. We would see each other Christmas And everybody would act like everything was okay, but I woke up one day and I realized this is not normal. He lives 15 minutes from me and never calls. We never get together. Something needs to happen in this relationship, and the Holy Spirit seemed to say, do it before winter. Take care of it. So I worked it out that me and my father ended up in a counselor's office, 
And I'm being real transparent with you here today. But when God says do something, brother, you put one foot in front of the other and you begin to act on it. You seize that opportunity. You don't say maybe, someday, some way. No, you find a way and you act on the opportunity. So I got my dad into a counselor's office and I shared my heart with him. How come we're so estranged, so separate? And my dad just basically was kind of befuddled, didn't really have an answer for me, but it settled it. We got it healed and we began to meet together once or twice a month for lunch, just me and him. We would go to La Madeline's over on Camp Bowie and get one of those back tables way back in there. And I came to know my father. We asked each other questions. We got to know each other. It was a wonderful opportunity. And I'll never forget one day, just about a year to a year and a half after I had done this, I walked into La Madeline's and I could tell that something was bothering my dad. And we went back and sat at the table and he put his food down and looked at me and said, Jeff, I've been diagnosed with multiple myeloma. It is terminal. I will not live. And I said, oh, dad, no, they'll find some way. I didn't know what multiple myeloma was. But from that moment on, I began to see my dad go downhill. And then finally, he did die. And I was in the hospital when he died. And after he died, I went for a drive. And I thought back to the moment that God woke me up that one Sunday morning, or one weekday morning actually is what it was, and said, do it before winter. Take care of this now. Don't wait, Jeff. And I took care of it, and I moved on it. And I'm so glad to tell you today that when my dad died, I had led him to Christ. When my dad died, we were healed. And I can't even imagine what it would have been like for him to die and me not know whether or not he knew Jesus, and for him to die and have never heard a blessing from him. But he came He came to our Easter service at Will Rogers Auditorium. He was shocked at the crowd. He came down, my dad, and said to me, Jeff, I can't believe this crowd. He said, you know, when you were born, when you were born, I remember the sun rose right when they told me you were born. He said, I always felt that was predictive of your life. And now I see, here it is. And there at Will Rogers Auditorium, I received a blessing from my dad. I would have not received any of that at any given time if I had not come before winter. Come on, everybody. I challenge you today to listen to that still small voice calling you to take care of that certain something before winter. Opportunity won't last. A decision you make during the opportunity will bear eternal fruit. But if you don't seize the opportunity, the opportunity won't last. Now I want to close out with this. Don't live in the graveyard of regret over missed opportunity. Now I want to balance this word out with this, this last point. Because You and I hear a message like this and we're thinking of all the opportunities we let slip by and it has a way of making you feel condemned and and sort of like, well, why even try? Some of the big opportunities have passed me by. I've got a word from God today. It's found in Isaiah and it says, don't constantly call to mind the former things. Can you say this with me? Don't constantly call to mind the former things. Neither hash over the things of old. That being missed opportunity, former sins, 
There's not anything you can do about the past because the past is past. You can't change the past. What is back there is back there. But just because you missed a golden opportunity in the past doesn't mean that God has run out of opportunities for you. Listen to what God says. Behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Now it shall begin to appear. Can I just preach you up a little bit today? God says, yeah, you blew it in the past. He's talking to Judah through Isaiah. Judah had missed the opportunity to repent because of missed opportunity. They were taken into captivity by the Babylonians, and there they spent 70 years captives in a strange land. They lost their song, lost their city, lost their identity. But God says to them, yeah, you missed an opportunity. When you could have repented and should have repented, you did not repent. But he said, I'm going to tell you what. I'm not done with you. I'm going to do a new thing. I want you to get your eyes off of what you didn't do. I want you to get your eyes off of your failures. I want you to get your eyes off of what could have been, should have been, might have been. Get your eyes off of that and get your eyes on God because God is moving in your life. God is acting in your life. If that marriage failed, stand up and keep on going. If you failed in some major area of your life, you stand up and you keep on going. Don't give up on God because God has not given up on you. He has not walked away. He's not going to abandon you. He says, pull your eyes out of the past and look around you. The new thing that I'm doing is beginning to sprout up all around you already. Get your eyes on what's going to be, not what might have been. Get your eyes on me, not on yourself. Get your eyes forward. Look through the windshield. That's why I wrote that book. The windshield's bigger than the rear view mirror for a reason. If you leave today and try to drive through that rearview mirror, we'll come dig you out of some field within about a minute or two. You drive through the windshield, that's the way the car was built. You were built to drive, to steer your life, to be focused through the windshield of faith and the windshield of purpose and the windshield of God's destiny for you. And he says to these people, yeah, you blew it, but I'm not beating you up till the day that you die. I'm ready to do a new thing. So if you've missed an opportunity, learn from it and grab the new one and run with it. Don't cry over spilled milk. Don't beat yourself up over eggs that you can't unscramble. I'm going to bring new opportunities, new hope, new vision. I'm going to do a new thing. I believe that. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe as a church, we stand on the precipice of a great opportunity. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be here. I'd be doing something else, anything else. But I have an expectation. I have an expectation that is not from me. I believe we're going to see a tremendous harvest. I believe we're going to have some glory days. I believe we're going to have a time 
where we forget the former things and don't remember or consider or bring up and hash over and mull over the things of old. God's going to do such wonderful things. We're going to have divine amnesia about what once was. We're going to be in a new thing. I believe it. It's an expectation that rises up within me, and I want you to catch it. And not only as a church, let's grab the opportunity, but I encourage you as an individual Seize the opportunities that God is giving you. Somebody needs for you to talk to them. Somebody needs for you to go to them. Your finances need to be pulled into a divine order. It's something in your life where God has said, do it, do it, do it. Don't let the ice cream truck go down to the neighbor where they get the dream sickle. Amen? All right. Can we stand together? Can you say with me, come before winter. Father, I pray for our precious people right now. I pray, Lord, that you will gear us up, that you will prep us, you will prepare us for the opportunity that has come our way. Lord, the hour is short. There are people trying to destroy our land. We're in a battle. We're in a war. And if ever the church needed to be shining and focused on God and not our problems, it's now. Father, we pray, help us to seize the opportunity. Now, while Steve plays and ministers, I want you to take a moment and say, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me to do? What is my current opportunity? What season is it in my life? Let him speak to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.